Welcome to the Freelance Revolution Podcast. I'm Leah. And I'm Sarah. We're both seasoned freelancers running successful online businesses that allow us the flexibility to live the lives that we want. We do different work as freelancers. We find our clients in different ways and we have different business models. The one thing that unites us is a passion for helping others work on their own terms. We're not here to give you a silver bullet or sugarcoat the work it takes to develop and run a successful business. We're here to guide you through the journey we've already taken, bust common myths about the freelance lifestyle, and give you the support you need to keep going when things get tough. The Freelance Revolution podcast is brought to you by Freelancers Align, our free community for freelancers and solopreneurs. Did we mention that membership is free? Go to freelancersalign.com to learn more and sign up. Hi, Leah. Hi, Sarah. What's up? Um, I don't know. Like, that's literally where I'm at. <laughs> um, just got back from vacation last week. And the world is like, everybody needs me this week. Um, it was a very relaxing, very minimalistic vacation last week. Um, coming into, it's almost like the universe was preparing me for the amount of chaos this week. Mm-hmm. Client chaos? Um, I shouldn't even say bad chaos. It's just busy. Mm-hmm. It's just busy. Um, some things I put off before I went on vacation and I'm really excited to talk about today's topic because that's what I'm, I'm trying to practice what I preach is where we're at. Trying to rest more, which is why my vacation looked like it did. Um, trying to separate work from life. Yep. Life. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, Mm -hmm. then this is the perfect topic. So today we're going to talk about and I feel like this could go a bunch of different directions. So we'll just see where it goes as we usually do. And if we need to do some follow-up episodes, we could do that too. But today's topic is how to separate yourself from your work. And um, the way I'm thinking about that, although, again, we can go down all the roads with this one. The way I'm thinking about that is when you're work when you're a freelancer, and you work for someone on a fractional basis. So you're not a full-time employee. You're not an employee, period. You're definitely not working for them full-time. You're doing a very specific niche thing for them. And so as part of that, you get um, involved in the large organization, the larger company, which sometimes is... Um, Depending on depending on the size of the organization, depending on who you're working with and within that organization, sometimes it can feel like you're just this tiny part in a bigger machine that may or may not function well. Mm-hmm. And so it's easy to get caught up and try and solve problems that are not in the problem that you were hired to solve because the problem you were hired to solve is this big and there may be a bunch of other things going on. Um, so that is how, and I've been having this conversation with a bunch of different, um, freelancers over the last few months. And so it is like top of my mind of like, how do you do your job and care about doing your job, knowing that like you are just one tiny slice and ultimately it is not your company. You are not an employee. Um, 
uh, the the phrase not my circus not my monkey comes to mind where you have to just like be like this is the these are the battles that i am responsible for and these are all the battles that i'm not responsible for even though they will often cross over and um impact your work so that's where i'm coming from thinking about this one i love it um i'm living that with a client right now um, I used to buy into their clients or into their company success way more than I need to or am responsible for. So I've had to put some boundaries on. And so we have these regular meetings and I've just been like, I've just taken a whole new stance on not my circus, not my monkeys. I'm in this lane. They're only paying me to be in this lane. You know, this is where I'm at. And if they ask my opinion, I'll give it. But I was always giving this free strategy in all of those calls and they were never like they were taking it, but not whatever. And so the last few calls, I've been really quiet. And I got an email this week after one of those calls. It's everything all right. You're unusually quiet. And I'm like, no, I've just decided to like stay my course. And yeah, so it was kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. And it's hard. I think that like, um, I was talking to someone else about this that does different work than I do. So like my work is like very operational. Like how Mm -hmm. do you, whether it's like one project or like a larger, like operational strategy, it's like, what are the operations? Like you have your goals. How do you get, how do you operation your operationalize your goals so that you can actually achieve them? So everyone, well, not like everyone is great at setting goals, but like a lot of people have goals, but then it's like, you don't know how to like actually get to the end of the road. And so what I find and um, what I've been talking with other people about is like whatever your niche is, whether it's operations, whether it's goals, whether it's like um, the people side of the equation, like staffing and hiring and that kind of stuff, all of those things fit together. And so like for me, when I come in, if people don't actually, um, which is how I got into like doing more of the goal setting and strategy stuff is like a lot of times people will be like, and you, I need, we're ready to manage this project. We want to do this project. And you come in and like, there's, they actually don't know what they want to do because they haven't done, gone through like a really good process of like setting goals, defining what they want, those kinds of things. And so then when I come in, it's really hard to do my job if that stuff hasn't been done. And I think on the other, on the other side of it, um, on the people side of the equation, sometimes you, um, hire people and you don't have the systems in place to like make sure that they can do their work effectively. And so then you're like, oh, well, that was just like bad hire or that was a this or that was a that. And you're like, no, but like, actually you don't have operations or goals. And so how are your people supposed to know what they're going to do? And so this can get hit on, on any, like anything, like I'm sure it happens to you when you come in and people are like, I want you to build this thing. And you're like, well, do you know, what's the thing? Like, do you know what that thing is? Like, I'm sure that like that happens to you all the time. All the time. Hmm? All the time. Yeah. What am I building? Am I building a course? Am I building a membership? Am I building just a funnel? Like th- and they have pieces of it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, but where's this? And where's that? And I have, I mean, I've honestly lost clients over that because they just don't have their stuff together. And I've gotten let go because they're like, I'm asking for too many things. Mm-hmm. Like, not asking for too many things. I'm trying to set you up for success to have a solid well-oiled machine that run that functions and runs properly as a funnel. Yep. And I think it's like a bit, it's like a business model question as the freelancer, because I think 
I've shifted to where I will do some of that. I just like learned how to do some of that like strategy and goal setting stuff from like just the need for the lack of it being there in a lot of cases. Um, But if you're like a very niche freelancer, then, and you're not willing to go outside of your, um, go outside of your zone and, or like partner or do like an agency thing with other people, which is like totally fine. Then I think you have to get really clear on who your ideal client is and like those client intake questions. Like, how do you know that this person is actually ready to engage with you or, Based on those questions, maybe you're saying like, hey, you're actually not yet at the place where you want to engage with me. You need to engage with this person before or this type of person before you engage with me. Mm-hmm. Like I can build the thing, but like you need to engage with someone who's going to like help you figure out what the thing is, like a product development or something like that. I could also imagine like someone who does like... um copywriting or something like that, like coming in where people like actually don't have no idea what they're messaging is or what they're selling and like they actually need like some like brand and marketing support before they're ready to engage in Mm -hmm. uh, like a writing experience um but yeah it's definitely I think you there's a few different ways to think about it like if you if you're very committed to staying in your lane um which I think is good um then you have to be really picky about the types of people that you take on I mean, I think the other way to think about it is um, it can also be an opportunity to branch out and add new services and learn new things. If you feel like you have the skill set to help them with the like peripheral pieces that go around it, you can do that too. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, I think those are the strategy, like ultimately being able to like um, not go crazy. <laughs> It's about figuring that out. Because if you haven't yep. figured that out, then you're oh, then if if you haven't figured out whether or not you're very committed to staying in this like super specific niche, um, and that means that you're constantly like dipping into these other areas and solving problems that are not your problem to solve. And I think for me, something that I do is I get really emotionally invested in the problems and the success of the org- overall organization. And it's not that I don't care about those things for all of my clients. I absolutely do. And like, you can't, it's just the nature of being a freelancer. Like it is not your responsibility to solve their overarching organizational problems. It is your responsibility to do the exact thing that you were hired to do. Mm -hmm. And I think there's also needs to be a boundary around it. Like if you are good at what you do, naturally clients are going to come in and ask you, okay, since you did this really well, can you do this and this and this? And it's important to put those boundaries in place if you can't do them or if you're at your bandwidth or if you just don't simply have the skill set. Like don't don't pretend that you can do something that you can't. Mm-hmm. Like I I primarily focus on the Kajabi platform and I have a client right now that's like, can you do stuff on Shopify? And I'm like, I can, but I would say I'm not equipped fully to be able to do that. Like, and she's like, okay, well, can we tag team it? I'm like, yeah, that's fine. But just knowing where my skill set is, it's not there. And, you know, so it's been working out so far because it was a great client, you know, and I didn't want to tell her no. So again, it's that conversation you need to have. Um, Yeah. 
And that's where the business model stuff comes in too, is like, if you're at a place where you're like, maybe I'm thinking about branching out and you have a client in that example, that's like, Hey, want to learn? Basically she's like, understands that you're not a Shopify expert, but you're getting paid to learn Shopify. Like if you wanted to do that and add that into your repertoire, that would be a great opportunity to do it. But it's just making the conscious decision about like, am I doing this because it's something that I want to do? Or am I doing this because I feel obligated to say yes? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's, I think it's something that people who are like quote unquote normal employees um, don't deal with in the same way that freelancers do. Because even if, even if you only like as an employee, you play a specific role in a company, you're still like part of that company. And that, and that means that like your loyalty is with that company. You are, everything that you do is dedicated to the success of that company. Um, and I, again, it's not like we're not dedicated to the overall success of our clients. We absolutely are. But you just have to realize like which pieces you have to focus on your locus of control. Mm-hmm. Because ultimately, if all of the things around you are broken, the thing that you've been hired to do is not going to work. <laughs> no. And it's going to make you look bad. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's a very tricky balance. Is knowing when you're onboarding a client, it I think it can even stem from that. I think it's learning what questions to ask to see how much that client has their stuff together. And if they don't, like, how are they going to get it together? Um, just kind of reading between the lines on a lot of those conversations at the very beginning and setting yourself up for success rather than coming in to a job thinking that you're going to be the hero and save the day. Mm-hmm. because usually when you attempt to come in and be that hero and save the day, it can bite you in the butt pretty good. Totally. And you can't want, like this has been something that I've been working on for a very long time. It's when I have clients that ghost me, like they've hired and I'm like 75% done with their project and they ghost me and I'm like, what the heck? It was so close to finish. And I never know if it was the next greatest thing. And I can't want their success more than they do. Like, and that's going from those type of clients to clients that are just like constantly delaying the process. There's, you know, so many things that go into that, but you just have to keep in mind, like you cannot want their success more than they do. I think that is 100% the like that's the moral of the story because again like again and again and again it is not that we're not committed to the overall sex success of the companies we work for it's just that we can't be the only people that want that (laughs) and i think you can be you can be like a strategic thought partner in a way where you're like hey like this thing that you hired me to do like you're not ready for me to do that thing yet. Or like, here are the things that would help you be ready to do that thing, which is, I think, where strategic partnerships come into play too, where you're like, hey, if you need like, um, pro- like I actually think you need product development before you hire me to build your product. Here's someone I know that like is actually really good at product development. Or, mm-hmm. hey, I think you need some 
um, underlying systems before you're ready to like scale and like start hiring people and do all of these things. Here's someone who's really good at systems. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think those like kind of strategic partnerships are really important because then you're able to still add value, but you're staying in your lane of the things that you know how to do and you're still solving their problems. Mm -hmm. Um, And ultimately I think it's, I think again, back to exactly what you said, a lot of times it takes like an outside perspective to see problems that you don't see internally. And so sometimes you'll hire a freelancer um, who will come in and be able to see, even if what they were hired to do has nothing to do with the problems that they're encountering, but they'd be able to see those problems because they just have fresh eyes and an outside perspective. And so I also think it's from the client side, I think it's valuing those outside perspectives and um, listening when someone tells you that something isn't working or something is broken, because oftentimes the people on the inside can't see that. Mm-mm. Yep, that makes a ton of sense. And ultimately, I think that it comes down to like, I think you can do all the work on the front end, which is going to make your chances of a successful client relationship much higher. But you have to feel okay ending those relationships if they're if it's not working, um, which is never an easy thing to do. No. I think that when you end when you end a contract or you end a relationship, there's that it can be easily jump into I failed if it didn't get completed successfully. Mm-hmm. So one of the things every time I end an upward contract and I'm just faced with it all the time is why are you ending this contract? And it's did this get completed successfully? Was this project completed unsuccessfully? And what, you know, there's a couple other things and it's like, yeah, it was, it was done unsuccessfully, which is kind of a, a dig back at the freelancer. Like, why, why did you not complete this successfully? But there's so many reasons why it wasn't. And you just kind of have to let it go. It can be, it can easily get in your head if you're not picking the right jobs from the beginning. So that's why I think I want to reiterate, like, having those conversations up front and truly understanding who you're going to work with. I've been getting a ton of interview requests lately and I've done probably a half a dozen of them now just to kind of start planning for fall, but I've only accepted one because the other ones, like I don't have the time or the desire. I think it probably comes down more now to the desire of having to bring them along and like, you got to do this and you got to do that. Like I'm looking right now to work with some people who have their stuff together. They're ready for me to like come running through the finish line and or and pushing them through the finish line of getting it completed. Yep. Absolutely. And I think like, I definitely am in the exact same um, boat I just recently took on a new contract that's like maybe slightly more than what I should have taken on, but it is like, it is one of my most favorite clients to work for. We've worked together literally since like when I started my company, I know she has her shit together. I trust her implicitly. 
And, and so like, I would never, like I told her over and over again, like I would never commit to this amount of time right now for anyone else, because I know that with you, it's not going to be a shit show. <laughs> like I know working with you works and we work well together mm-hmm. and I would not do that for anyone else because there's like the amount of time it will take. And there's also the amount of mental energy it will take and the yeah. amount of mental energy engaging with someone brand new and having to like figure all that out and bring them along is a lot. Um, and so, yeah, it's uh, definitely weighing all of those things. I would also say that when you, which this is something you learn as you like, this is something I'm still learning, like even a proposal that I recently, recently wrote, um, and I'm engaging in the work now in hindsight, I'm like, Oh, like maybe I should have included this and this and this because all a lot of your proposal is covering your ass. So if like things don't get completed um, the way they were supposed to, you can look, you can go back to your proposal and see why. And you can say like, I told you that this, I needed this, 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 and this in order to move forward by this deadline, you didn't deliver those things or whatever it is. Like I told you I would give you X deliverables these types of deliverables and now you want these types of deliverables and those are different that's like a different scope than what I agreed to and so I think being able to go back to which is literally never perfect like I said I'm still still like look back on proposals I'm like yeah I probably should have written that in there but um you really that's the place where you can always go back to and see and be able to t- spell out why things unraveled. So I think it's like your and your client like onboarding and interview questions, your like intake questions, to even figure out if it's the right project to take on. Um and then making sure that your proposal and your scope of work is like airtight in terms of covering your ass on timelines, deliverables, especially what they're responsible for. Mm-hmm. Um and what you're going to deliver to them. So yeah. like spelling out really, like for me, it's like spelling out really clearly, like like in, in some cases, I am building you like a system to manage your project. I am not your project manager. Mm-hmm. Um, or like for you, like I am building you, you know, X, Y, and Z, but like, if you don't know what it is, <laughs> I can't build you that thing. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah, I think just being as clear up front, getting things in writing, I I really think that that's important. Yeah. And you learn as you go. Like mm-hmm. hindsight is always 20, 20. Mm-hmm. And as you add new things to your repertoire, like if you were going to add Shopify to your repertoire, I bet you the which I'm pretty sure you're not, the, uh, first, no. few, the first few proposals you wrote for that, there'd be gaps. Like you would go back and be like, oh, I should have included that and that and that and that and that. Um, so it's never going to be. So don't reach out to me to do Shopify. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> this is my Leah does not do Shopify. No. Yeah. You got to be real, real special and current client if you're going to think you're going to get that added. <laughs> yeah. No, not fun. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's hard. It's a hard it's a hard line to walk because again, you care deeply about their success and whatever you're doing for them is a piece of that success, but there's so yeah. many other pieces that fed into it. And I do, I mean, let's, I, I'm almost ready to close out this 
episode, but I just have one thing that I'll just end with and then you can give your final thoughts on it. But one thing that I used to do, and I don't have a great circle right now just for lack of need because I've had some of the clients that I have right now, like they're ongoing. I'm not doing a ton of projects where I need to have this um, this circle of people, but I used to have like two or three different copywriters, two or three different like experts in whatever else, like Facebook ads and things like that. Um, but what kept happening, well, this is why, I mean, the reason I don't have them is because working with me, they're now working with past clients. So they're at their max capacity. Yep. Um, you know, so if you don't have something that a client needs and you have no desire to learn it, find someone and partner with someone who can. Yep. That will keep. So it's not your circus, not your monkeys, but you're bringing someone else into that to provide more support. Totally. And bring it back in. And if you want to be a real badass, which like I think Leah and I definitely do not fall into this camp, you start your own agency. You have all those people. They still be freelancers, but you offer like a full like soup to nuts experience so that like people know um, that they can come to you and get the full enchilada. But I've no very I could do that, but I have no desire to project manage that. So if you want to project manage that, let's talk. I'm I don't. I have no desire, no desire to project management, and I have no desire to have employees. No, <laughs> absolutely none. So I'm very comfortable being a lone wolf yep. and being 100% responsible by myself for everything that I do. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. I totally agree with you. Okay. Well, I think that's it for this one. So mm-hmm. um, thanks, everyone, for listening. And- Thank you. We'll see you on the next one. Thanks for listening to the Freelance Revolution podcast. Don't forget to check out our free community for freelancers and solopreneurs. Go to freelancersaligned.com to learn more and sign up.